I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome everyone to the midweek footsie where we play with your feet for a quarter an hour on a Wednesday. Um, I, I don't know where I came up with that. Whatever. Uh, uh, the midweek footsie is uh, something we, we play during the week and we just kind of answer a question that somebody asked the week before or you know any that we've got kind of stored up. And this week, Magpie asks... Uh, something that I'd be curious to hear are your thoughts on investing through platforms like Cedars. Obviously, there's additional risk compared to investing in an index, but with companies like Monzo, are these considered exceptions to the trend? Uh, so he's looking at Cedars. Way to uh, exclude me, Magpie, because I've never invested in any uh, venture capital or anything like that at all. So uh, this is a little bit out of my out of my wheelhouse. Wheelhouse, but uh, these two guys have, and uh, I believe some of them have been pretty successful. So over to you guys. Have a little chat about that one. Steve, do you want to talk about something that's been successful for you then? Because I don't think I have anything. <laughs> I have quite a few. So, as I alluded to on Saturday, I invested in a company called Igloo Energy. And I bought their shares around £18 a share. I sold them, obviously knowing this gas crisis was just around the corner, for £59 a share. So I fleeced somebody for... Um, about three times my money. Uh, another one that I've made quite a lot of money on is Free Trade. I bought Free Trade uh, 60p or something like that and sold it during the last raise. Uh, I think I made about 300% on that. And another one I have shares in from very small is Sonar Motors. Check it out. They've got broccoli in the dash. It's the most interesting car you'll ever see. Uh, well, no, it's not. It looks terrible. <laughs> but it is terrible. But it, it looks like a Daiatsu, but it's it's got broccoli in the dash and that's amazing. And I'm up about six hundred and something percent on that. Wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. So, yeah. Explain the broccoli in the dash thing. What's what's that all about? Uh, no idea. <laughs> it's it's something to do with it's something to do with a natural air filtering system or something like that. So they they put broccoli in the dash. It's not actually broccoli. It's moss. It just looks like broccoli. Right. Um, and that that acts as a natural air filter to filter out the pollutants in the air. Yeah. Can you t- I've been drinking the Kool-Aid. Can you tell? <laughs> I've been drinking their marketing Kool-Aid. Um, I, I guess that's what... But the original idea was they were going to build the body out of solar panels. That was what I was really interested in. So the bodywork was going to be primarily solar panels. And then when they were driving around, it was obviously going to charge back up. Now, they've since found out that solar panels aren't really as good as they thought they were. Um, so they get 20 or 30 miles back on an average run. Uh, an average an average decharge, we'll call it. Um, so... So yeah, I think it's a really interesting little product. Um... Uh, cheers for cheers for all that information. You ruined a joke that I came up with ad hoc there about Kate Moss uh, being a good uh, pollutant, uh, <laughs> getting rid of all of the drugs out of Pete Doherty's system. But that would be a very specific joke, really. <laughs> uh... <laughs> do, do, do the drum kit sound, Steve. <laughs> uh, oh no, I can't because I've got the screen very small. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> It's all right. I'm not editing this. What do I care? No, 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 no. It's coming. 
Hey! Very good, right. Paul. Okay, uh, so Steve, let's, let's, all, let's start with the basics. This is all so, seeders, right? Yeah, let's get back on track. So explain to me what Crowdcube and seeders are. Like, let's talk about Crowdcube and Cedars are platforms that allow companies to raise money by giving away usually equity, although occasionally bonds, more on that in a little bit, um, if they're not publicly listed. So they will have basically fundraising rounds, they will have their shares priced at a certain level, um, and they will be looking to raise a certain amount using that. I think a lot of cases they do go into overfunding, so they end up kind of bringing in more money than they were uh, intending to in quite a few of these cases, especially if it looks kind of attractive. The main difference, as far as I can see, between Cedars and Crowdcube, um, and there's an interesting story about them attempting to merge, I think, that Steve knows a bit more about than me uh, a while ago. I think we might have even covered it on the podcast a while back. Um, is that Cedars does have a secondary market, which means that you can sell your shares again reasonably easily if you can find a, a buyer for them. Crowdcube is much harder, I think, to try and sell your way back out of a position. Uh, in. So in Crowdcube, I own stuff like Monzo. Uh, I own Brewdog Bonds, actually, which... Um, have worked out kind of okay as you can tell this is before i really got into investing in anything like properly um and a kind of load of other uh, sort of assorted rubbish but most of that stuff is now fixed uh so i am buying and holding that on crowdcube because i have no option to sell it basically if you bought revolut shares on cedars which i think is over there or oddbox shares or any of those kind of things there is a secondary market i think where you can just buy and sell uh sort of in the style of a stock exchange um if i'm right about that and a key thing I just yeah, want, a key thing I just want to put in there, which you didn't thing. mention, uh, just for anybody who is listening that hasn't um, previously had had experience with these guys, these are all pre-IPO companies. These are this is venture capital. This is uh, companies that are not on the market that may be offering a little bit of a more speculative, a little bit of more um, early doors, really real startup companies that are out there. So uh, I just wanted to add that in because that probably wasn't quite clear enough, I don't think. But carry on, Steve D. I was going to say, that one of the other things that's really useful for as well is that you can get um, enterprise investment scheme tax relief on it. So when you invest in a company, you can actually put that company in your tax return for the, the amount of money that you spent on shares and you can claim a little bit of tax back as well. So... And not everybody watching this is going to be approaching a bracket, but if you if you had just dipped into a, a new tax bracket and you wanted to bring that 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 tax back down, you could put money in your pension, or you could, you know, buy something like Serious Pig on Crowdcube and get them to deliver you a hamper of tasty meats, <laughs> um, which is what I did. <laughs> they basically were giving me a free hamper of salami or something like that. So I thought, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I love salami. Oh, and they're still investing, going. guys. Investing. Surely that's illegal. That's got. That's that's giving um, a prize for for investment, right? That's, surely that's got. Well, they can they can do whatever they want, well, can't they? It's only like AMC giving away popcorn, right? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> um, what inter- what inter- what's your in- most interesting company, Steve? Have you got in there? I've got some pretty crazy ones in here. So, so I have Monzo, I have Brewdog Bonds, and I also have England Road, which are my three biggest. England Road are a jewellers. They're the only kind of investment that I've ever made that wasn't really to do with looking at prices and uh, cash flows and that kind of thing. They're the jewellers who, uh, they're an ethical jeweller. They're now looking at lab-grown kind of diamonds, but they historically had a really, really good uh, ethical profile. They're where my... Uh, now, wife's engagement ring and my wedding ring uh, came from. So I thought I'd pick up some shares in them while I was uh, looking at Crowdcube once. But those are my three biggest ones. Uh, a Brewdog Bond, um, a Monzo Equity, and England Road. Sorry, bringing up diamonds. I, I, I was watching something on CNBC the other day um, about diamonds. And I, I, uh, unknown fact that I didn't, I didn't know. 
uh, was that there are a lot of diamonds in the world. Uh, more diamonds, uh, they could flood the market with diamonds and reduce the price of diamonds uh, uh, because they've got there's there's enough diamonds held in storage somewhat somewhere. And obviously the uh, pickup of um, artificially grown diamonds or however you want to sort of artificially pressed, I guess is how you make diamonds. Um, with the invent invent of them, it could really bring the diamond price down and. Uh, only really rare diamonds are going to be actually um, properly uh, expensive now. But yeah, sorry, that was just a side thing that I, I saw the other day. I thought it was quite fun. <laughs> i give you a quick rundown of some of the companies I've got and see if you know any of them. So there's obviously Monzo. I think we all know of Monzo. Um, I've got Crowdcube shares. I've got Cedar shares. Um, Chip. Have you come across Chip? Yeah. It's quite an interesting little... Um, it's an algorithm that helps you save money essentially and then you can invest through the platform things like that coconut paul you come across that you're the you're the business owner nope coconut is a um business banking essentially um sort of tech-led business banking i got in that really early i got in when the valuation on that was only about nine million which for a fintech is super cheap um some other companies that i've got uh free well free trade's been and gone money dashboard have you come across that no um, quite an interesting way to tie all your accounts together. Yeah, I think I've heard of that. There's a few companies trying to do that, I think, right? Yeah, yeah there's quite a few. Mm. Um, I think Money Dashboard Yolt is another one yeah, off the Yolt's top of my head. That is famous. Um, is probably the biggest. But the other the other few I'll just run through quickly. I've got Cowwow, which I'm sure you'll see if you're interested in cars, you'll see my YouTube videos. Plus, pretty decent website from comparisons on cars. Uh, Patch, if you've ever come across them, Patch is a house plant. Um, basically like Amazon with health plants, I guess if you want to call it something like that. They're a pretty cool little website. I've got yeah, Cowboy, a bike maker in Belgium, and BNEC and ID Finance, who is Spanish, and Latin American um, FinTechs, which are really interesting companies. I've got Grind, a coffee shop in London. And I can't think if there's any input, if there's too many good ones in Cedars off the top of my head. I've got uh, Yaya, which is a credit card company. They, they now bought quite a lot of Bank of Ireland. So they're a fair size, um, and all the other stuff's just shite. <laughs> sounds like sounds like the uh, Steve D investing strategy in Cedars is uh, throw it at the wall, see what sticks, which is in general a very well, very good technically uh, strategy for growth. Yeah, investing. well, I put five grand, I put five grand into uh, crowdfunding, and I've already taken out uh, sixteen hundred quid in profit. Very so good. I've done all right in the last three years. Yeah. So. But it's not something I'd probably want to do too much because it it, it takes a lot of keeping up with them, and mm. uh, they're very secretive with their information. It's one of the things you will find in that if you look at their any of their kind of raises is that it's all sort of smoke and mirrors. It's all hidden. It's really difficult to get to the bottom, especially when you're used to stocks where it's full transparency. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the last the free trade raise and the nutmeg raise was awful. Like free trade had graphs on it with no numbers. <laughs> But it was like, you can see these numbers are going up. But yes, if you have a graph that starts at one and goes to two, it looks like you've doubled. But, you know, if you had one news and it's gone to two, that, that's not that as impressive. And that was kind of the same with free trade and nutmeg. And basically people were saying, so what, what are these graphs? What am I looking at other than something is growing? And they were saying, well, we can't tell you because that's, that's, you know, that's in, you know, if our, if our competitors get hold of that, they'll know how we're doing. And that's, that's not good enough as an investor. That's not enough information. So that's one of the things I hope that the government cracked down on and said to them, look, if you're attracting investment, why the hell do the private investors get all the information they need to make a rational uh, you know, decision? And why are the retail uh, investors left with a disclaimer that basically says, you know, there isn't enough information out here, you probably will lose your money because 
vast majority of these companies go bust. It's not fair. It needs to be leveled out that playing field. And I'm glad you've brought it back to the actual question which has been asked is uh, how what was the question? <laughs> how much more dangerous is uh, this sort of this type of investing uh, compared to say investing in an index and uh, are, are there some companies which do seem to be a little bit safer but they haven't got because they haven't gone public yet um, you might be getting in on the ground floor a little bit better so I think compared to an index this is uh, violently more risky um, I mean compared to buying kind of individual say mega cap tech stocks or something uh, it's still substantially more risky even though kind of going in on the mega cap tech is riskier than an index again um, I kind of think the risk on these is all quite high, right? I mean, even, and I say even, uh, in inverted commas, something like Monzo, which we've all heard of, and I, probably a good many of us use, that's uh, an investment that's still away from being profitable and has no real plans for profitability in the kind of immediate future from what I can see of it. Um, even if it went public, it wouldn't go yeah. be profitable. It'd be one of them companies that stayed unprofitable for years. Agree. So these are companies with kind of significant hurdles to clear still, which makes them kind of highly risky. I mean, I was thinking of someone like you, Paul, actually. I mean, you mentioned you're not in uh, anything on either Cedars or Crowdcube, and uh, you're kind of our dividend investor of the three of us here. Obviously, none of these is paying a dividend anytime soon. They're not making any money anytime soon. Uh, what, if anything, would it take to get you interested in anything on here? I'd have to have... 8% yield. I'd I'd have to have an unbelievable uh, inside advantage, right? That that'd be the only only way to understand it. That I would have to be inside that business, and I would have to have some some access to either, either their accounts or or just something where where it was very obvious that you were seeing the inflow and outflow. Maybe not even in numbers. Let's say like at, at the workplace I'm at right now, I, I'm seeing more and more ambulances being added and realizing that that means there's more and more contracts being uh, added as well which means their revenue is going up so like if i'm seeing that specifically i can go ah this is uh this is a business which i could probably start to look into a little bit more so it would be it would have to be an unbelievable circle you know you have to be right into my circle of competence basically and and that would be the only thing i could really think of interesting thing about monzo uh, did you see oh sorry carry on because i think you should have a rebuttal to that one well all i was going to say is that i see this kind of investing as the same thing i see like penny stock investing essentially is that you've got a really really poor amount of information to make a decision on it so the decision you make has to be about a product that you either use or you've seen use and you like and that's got to be it. You've got to look at the financials. They're going to give you a path to profitability. And I guarantee you it's it's like SPAC path to profitability. They're going to tell you in 2025, we're going to be billionaires. Mm. But realistically, in 2025, they, they might get somewhere near 50% of what they're actually proposing. And, that, and that's generally the idea. The funny thing is, is that they go crowdfunding again next year. And they just add another year on. And sometimes all the numbers in there are a lot less than the ones when they originally raised. Mm. So... Um, it's one of those things where, yes, I think there's a very high chance that you will lose money in this, especially, I mean, I've had companies that just, they go bust, they sell the stock to another <laughs> another company and then go work for them. Um, and that's it, your shares are gone. Uh, the issue, the biggest issue you're going to get is, is illiquidity. Um, you're going to get stuck in positions and you may end up getting a company that goes up in value and goes up and goes up and goes up and goes up, but they never actually go public. 
and that's something you're gonna you're gonna have to live with. I mean, I think we're gonna be lucky in this kind of tech-led area where your Revoluts, your Monzas, your Klanas, who've who've all raised through these kind of companies, they're all gonna go public, and people are gonna get a chance to exit. But every so often, you're gonna come across a Mars and an SC Johnson and the Subway or whatever, who are just gonna stay private forever. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, it's tricky. If they it's never go public, it, most of the time you, you're not going to be able to sell these companies and never make money. But on the other hand, it forces you into into the long term. And uh, a lot of the, I I fully um, I fully believe that the main reason why the average investor loses money is because they, they of their own personal behaviour and selling out too early. Uh, and this is one of the things that could lock you in on some really good stocks um, for the future. So. Uh, and some bad ones of course of course like 90 percent bad ones because on the other hand 90 percent of all startups fail and that's that's just the the way of life maybe something that would be better um so there's a couple of things i just wanted to add on here the first one i'm going to ask you because i don't know uh do crowdfund and seeders use the innovation isa uh, are you able to put your money into the innovate innovative isa from them no, neither of them use an IFISA. I think there's only one that does, and it's Triados. I think they're the only ones who use an IFISA. It's a very un underused um, ISA tool. I think it's probably one of the unknown ones. But <laughs> I don't want to go into IFISAs 18 minutes into a midweek 10-minute show. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it was just an interesting one, which are, which are kind of... Uh, which people don't know about. Like you say, they've got innovation well, yeah. fund ISAs that are out there and, and you get quite a lot of tax-free benefits from these if you can get yourself yeah, into yeah. I mean, if, if people are interested in faces, we're happy to talk about it. Just let us know in the comments and we'll, we'll go through it with you. I think it's a, an interesting topic. Yeah, and the second part I've totally forgot about, so um, uh, I'm, I can't really ask you that one anymore. Uh, but interesting one. Interesting one to, to sort of finish it off. Did anyone see on the Discord today someone posted a little um, screenshot of Monzo asking for tips? Did anyone... Did anyone see that on the... Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Uh, it's madness, really, because Monzo has no reason to have Apple Pay and Google Pay top-ups anymore. Why they would leave them on is ridiculous, yeah. because it costs an absolute fortune as a business to let somebody top up through Google and Apple Pay. But then to ask for tips is just like... Scary, isn't it? Like it? I think that's a little bit scary. Mm. And I, I've got a lot of... Well, all my um, sort of budgeting is done through Monzo, because I like using the pots and stuff. Uh, but I signed up for Chase Bank. Uh, just a, a little highlight there uh, for JP Morgan. I've signed up for uh, the waiting list on Chase Bank because I've seen Chase Bank's app and it's very, very similar. But it's it's backed by JP Morgan. So I'm, I'm just kind of, I can see me flooding that way. And I hope they make it very easy to just transfer all of my joint accounts and everything over to Chase Bank once that becomes available in the UK. Uh, but yeah, that was just something I saw, and it, it made me very, made me quite. I'm surprised that that Monzo would put that up because that's made me question uh, how good their business model is right now. It, it does have quite a cultish following, though. So there'll be people who mm. pay it. That's the thing mm. that you'll see, and it does. It's probably took them no time to build it whatsoever, and it's a little bit of free money in the the pocket for everybody who uh, who does actually do it. But what I'm interested in with Monzo is just getting back to that innovation pace they were they were building things all the time they were building new things they were they they've built pretty much their whole tech stack from the ground up now it's all monzo own there's nothing that they buy in and it seems like all of that has just ground to a halt but hey 
let's uh, let's see if they can come up with something. I'm I'm interested to see the new. It feels like they've run out of ideas. I don't know. That's and I, I like that 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 you've you've come back that way. Unless you guys have got anything else to say, but it's it kind of came full circle to the reason why you invest in these companies on crowd. Uh, Cube and Cedars is not that they've got great financials because you don't know. It's not that they've got a great customer base because you don't know. There's so much information there that is not available to you that it'd be very hard to make a a, a really reasonable, well-rounded judgment on what to invest. The only reason you're investing in is because of the cult status of the company and because you use the product. That's That's as far as I can understand why you would get in and um the i think you'd be far better off uh taking whatever amount of money that you've got your te- five ten thousand pound this is my own personal opinion it's probably uh it, at odds with the opinion of you two guys but taking that ten thousand money and um i don't know, finding a mate who's got a really good idea and putting that into into their business because you you've at least got a little bit more of a, a competence in there and and you and you might get a bit more information out of them. I wonder if that that leads anyone to tell us about a story that they've ever done, which is similar to that. <laughs> it's just a way of saying that you're looking for someone to invest in. Paul. <laughs> Comments below if you have some ideas that you'd like Paul to <laughs> stick his ten grand into. Yeah, uh, believe it or not, I have offered people previously uh, a bit of money to help them help them grow. Yeah, some South African cow guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Nakuto Shezzy, uh, come come back for me. I don't want to invest in your cows. I want to invest in you, mate. <laughs> All right, I think that's enough for the midweek footsie. Twenty minutes is is going to bore anyone to death. Hopefully, we've answered the question. I have no idea what the question was in the end, but thank you, Madby, for asking it. I hope we've delivered some sort of color there because these two have quite a lot of experience with crowd uh, crowd cubans cedars. So. Uh, it was a good one to answer. Uh, thank you very much, and I guess we'll see you Sunday for the next episode of the Playing Footsie podcast. Thank you for having a little tickle with us midweek. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up.